Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. <laughs> well, that's button three. You've never been button three. No, no. I've, I've been switched from button one to button three. It's the infirmary edition of The mm. Ride Home. We're oh. so happy you're with us this afternoon. Sick bay times ten. Yeah. So we both were sick yesterday. Had to take the day off. Yeah. That hasn't happened in years that mm. we were off on the same day. Yeah. Yeah. Super Sorry. sick. Um, uh, we sort of share the same symptoms. Yeah, we do. Which is no surprise. It's like some kind. Room. It's like giant head cold. However, you know, as I describe the symptoms to people, it's not the worst when you're describing your sickness to someone else. Right. Like, no like, one cares. Right. No one really cares, right? Nobody wants to hear the details of it. But, you know, I got 50,000 watts over portions of three states. So let me inform you of how sick we are. No, okay, we're not worried about that. Okay. We're sick, but we're not that sick. That's right. We're happy to be back. Okay, uh, tomorrow morning, a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. This is the Elon Musk invention. Who I just love. I mean, everything that Elon Musk does. Somebody once described to me... uh, uh, Elon Musk is a goofy genius, and if you follow his career, it's it's kind of true, right? Yeah, goofy might not sum up the negatives quite as much, right? As as is appropriate, but he is. He is. A, well, look, look at Tesla. I mean, that's fabulous. It, is, it is fabulous. It's amazing. And SpaceX, in, incredible. Is, it really is. Now, Mike and I, new Mike and I, um, I turned Mike on to this about a year or so ago. Whenever there is a, a SpaceX launch, it's always you know on the web. And you watch it count down, and then those rockets lift off. And then the miracle of it all is uh, Elon Musk and his crew of engineers have designed these things. So instead of the rocket, like, blowing up or, uh, you know, evaporating in space over, you know, G-forces and whatnot, the the rocket glides, glides down into the atmosphere, controlled, and comes back to the launch pad. I mean, it's so cool. It's amazing. So the payload goes, continues on, and all the things that are reusable, you know, the uh, the heavy rocket lifting things. Come back. They come back, and they use them again and again and That's again. It's outrageous. It really is. So tomorrow, they're going to lift off another SpaceX from Kennedy Space Complex 39A, which is the site of all the Apollo launches. Now, tomorrow, they're going to intentionally blow up the rocket, blow it up in mid-launch, to do so, to demonstrate that there is this reusable aspect of if astronauts are on board the, the uh, rocket and there's trouble and the rocket would blow up, that the pod that the astronauts are in would safely separate what? from the main rocket and come back to Earth. Now, they hope to show this tomorrow come in its full capabilities. On. That is so cool. I mean, when you look at what happened with you know with Challenger right. and the space shuttle, all those lives that were lost. Yep. There's been a lot of talk since that time. How do we do this? How do we send people into space and ensure that they are have some reasonable, right. you know, odds of coming back safely? Tomorrow it'll be uh, it'll be proven. Hopefully, isn't it fascinating how we we tend to value life so profoundly in some areas that it almost brings tears to your eyes? You think you know there are a lot of countries in on the globe right now. And most countries in the history of the world that for the purpose of the furtherance of whatever, they didn't give a care who died no. or how many died. Let's give it a shot. They just didn't care. Right. Right. You see a moment like this when they're concerned about the safety of three or four human beings right. that are in that rocket. I absolutely love that. 
right? And that not it sad when you see the other extreme of how lightly people talk about life? Oh, sure. I mean, it's just, you'd think that we would be struck by the dichotomy of it. Yeah. That in some point. ways we're so interested in preserving, and in some ways we're treating it so cheaply. Right. So yesterday when we were sick, I'm, you know, I'm lying in bed, and I'm looking at, uh, did you see this yesterday, the ultrasound of the 20-month-old baby inside the mother's no. womb? Oh, it's fabulous. So there's these ultrasounds now that are like tuning into your you know, high-definition television. The baby's in the womb, moving his arms, moving his legs, you know, floating around, doing all these cool things. It is super crystal clear unmistakable, as if there had to be any doubt before, that there is a baby there, a viable right. human being. And there it is. But again, we continue to abort children right. by the and tens like of hundreds of thousands. Right. A clump of cells. Right. Or, if you've ever read about the refugees, and you can pick any refugee story you want. There are, you know, hundreds of thousands of them, not, of course, that are all made into books, but you read a refugee story about someone who left a horrific situation in the world and came to America, and you think, what a great country. Yeah, and then is. you think, that's happening today. What, and now all of a sudden we don't care about refugees? Right. Why is, what, what, in our zeal to protect our borders, which is a noble thing, which is something that every country Surely needs to is. do. Surely it is, of course. But what about those who are in absolute need? That's the kind of life that today, right now in America, for some reason, I can't, we treat cheaply. I don't know. Some things are magnified in their beauty. Other things are diminished. And I'm not, I'm not quite sure and what that is. maybe that, maybe that's our challenge, is to always be, always be pro-life, mm-hmm. not just in the times or the areas that in which we're comfortable, but in all the areas, is that we would figure out what it means to be pro-life. The that's a challenge. I'm not saying I am. I'm not saying I've achieved that. But I do think that that's our calling. But if, if you're we, mindful of it. Right. It's not just abortion, yeah. right? It's in all sorts of areas in life, some of which we haven't even considered yet. Yeah, that's excellent. Okay, hey, let's uh, take a break. we got a big show <laughs> well, for you here. I, oh, hey. I think it's time. This What's is my moment here? for crying out loud. Oh, John, yeah. Mike, all of you, your weekend has begun. Very nice. It's uh, 11 minutes past the 4 o'clock hour on a chilly, snowy Friday afternoon. It's the infirmary edition of the ride home. It is. At least all is well in this corner of the world. We'll be back in a few minutes. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. God doesn't need my money. (laughs) God's got the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth in every mine. He could fund his work without me if he wanted to, but he has chosen to work through people just like me and just like you. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, The Sermon on the Amount, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grime with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit extremetruck.net. 412-257-1006, 412-257-1006, extremetruck.net. For your next event, 
Instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion, like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast. With mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... Welcome to Burger Palace. What would you like today? Yes. I'd like to tell you that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. This is Burger Palace. Do you want any food? Yes. uh, One palace party meal. No, Limu, they won't put insects on a burger. No, you can't talk to the manager. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Join Cornerstone Television Network for our Be The Bridge broadcast. All week starting January 20th at 8 p.m. Learn how God has called our city to be a light in this world. Hear stories of lives changed and discover ways you can get involved to share the gospel of Jesus. Be The Bridge for Pittsburgh and beyond. January 20 through 24, 8 p.m. on Cornerstone TV. That's Pittsburgh Channel 40 or Channel 5 on Verizon and Comcast. With Salem Surround, I can really tie it back to I'm helping people. As a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround, you'll have the tools to provide media solutions that surround your client's target audience. This is a very rewarding career. Whenever you can show actual proof and say, hey, look, this is what we were able to do for you this month, to be able to show that, you realize that I'm helping people and I'm making a difference. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, an equal opportunity employer. Join the Pittsburgh team at SalemSurround.com slash careers. Kathy, you're a hobbyist? You have a hobby? Oh my gosh. I feel like hobbies are the truly one of the keys to happiness. Really? I'm the key, I believe whoa. strongly in this. That's a high bar. Yes. So uh you're you're astute at needlepoint. Oh gosh. Knitting no. canning. None. Uh Keep woodworking. Going going mechanics <laughs> what do you have a hobby none of you play the things. saxophone yeah, secretly because <laughs> it's better that way do you have a hobby i have a bunch of hobbies do you? yeah i have a bunch of hobbies you're a gardener um i'm an okay gardener i'm not mm-hmm. very good to mm-hmm. be brutally i'm not very good at any of my hobbies but that's not the point of having a hobby is being outstanding at it it's not my job like i like to garden i really like to take photographs I'm not a great photographer. I do okay. No, no. I but I'm not a great. But I'm a good, but I'm not a great photographer. You take pleasure in it. But I, but I take pleasure in it, mm-hmm. right? I really like traveling, taking photographs, and then manipulating them in some way, like making them into slideshows oh, or making them into I've seen presenta- your books. I really like those. You give your husband I, those beautiful books. I like fabulous. that a lot. I like to play the piano. Oh, that's I a like hobby. To sing. Right? That's a hobby. I like interior design a lot. Oh, heck, you got a ton of hobbies. I love to read. Very nice. I mean, like that's what makes life rich. Yeah. You mix it up. Okay, so uh, worship God, start a hobby. Uh, Brianna Lambert's with us. She's a writer for the Gospel Center Discipleship, and she wrote a piece that was picked up by Christianity Today called Worship God, Start a Hobby. Brianna, welcome uh, to the show. How are you today? Hi, thank you. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. So you must agree with me. Having a hobby, I think, is one of the keys to satisfaction in life. I Yes, I think I think that um, there is great joy, um, and um, I think I wonder 
um, and hobbies that I think God has given us and granted to us that we can um, wonder at who he is um, through something as simple and small as a hobby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So what about your hobbies? Do you like to what do you like to do, Brianna, in your free time? Yeah. Um, well, I've always liked I've always liked being creative in some sort. Um, I took uh, cake decorating lessons back oh. when I was in junior high nice. in the back of a Hobby Lobby. And uh, yeah, um, I did my brother's graduation cake and it wasn't very good at the time, but my parents are sweet and let me do that. That's nice. Very nice. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. Uh, so I've enjoyed that. Just crafting things. Um, I like running uh, various things. I, I've, I've had my hand at several um, through the years. Um and part of that is why I wrote this article, because since I have tried multiple things and I enjoyed multiple things, I often find myself really guilted by the fact that I hadn't been, you know, pursuing that more um, because I'd only done it for a short time, because I had only done it for a little, you know, just in a small way. Um, and so that's something I've really just been thinking about um, for, you know, just feeling un, uh, just feeling guilted by the fact that I hadn't done more with it um so that's what led me to write this piece so brianna you say that we live in an age of hobbies um what do you mean by that an age of hobbies yeah i think um the availability of information um just lets you uh be able to learn about anything really i mean you go to youtube you can learn how to crochet you can learn how to back like if you want to start backpacking they give you all the tips of you know what you'll need you can go sign up for photography classes um, acting classes and, and, you know, they have a whole master class where they have like actors and great photographers and directors just ready to teach you a whole bunch of things. Nice. Um, so, yeah, so I think the options are um, uh, very limitless um, to what you can do. And when you combine that with a drive for success and goals um, and whether that success is, you know, money, um, whether it's just like popularity on Instagram or Facebook or whatnot, I think that can leave you really exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So if you so if so you options. if you take your hobby and you feel the need to monetize mm-hmm. it, like you know Etsy, right? Or I, I take photographs, and so yeah. I should probably you know do somebody's wedding. All of a sudden, it becomes a side hustle, and it's not a hobby anymore. Now mm. it's super stressful because it's a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, I think there are uses. I mean. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with making money from it. There's nothing wrong with turning your hobby into a ministry. There's nothing, you know, those are those are good things. Um, but when you start to put on the pressure, that pressure, um, that's when it's not needed and not, you know, just completely unnecessary and makes you um, feel guilted for just enjoying the gifts that God's given us. I think that's a problem um, that ends up being just legalistic burdens that we don't that we don't necessarily need. Yeah. Okay, so then there's there's two distinct ways then. So the hobby in some ways is what Kathy and you were talking about about the just the enjoyment of the doing, right? Digging around in the garden or cake decorating. That's sort of like the hobby for the self, mm-hmm. right? Or you could also try to take that that joy and turn it into money. Right, uh, sort of a side hustle, as Cass said. But there's something else that's deeper about this. Talk about the the hobby and turning towards God, Brianna. What, what what's that like? Yeah, so a lot of people are talking about this now. Um, just the idea of you know they they do see the problem of of forcing people to to monetize everything or forcing people to um, uh, reach results. Um, but I still think um, that their answer ends up more at the self. Um, and I think as Christians, we have such a richer definition for hobbies, a uh, richer purpose. I mean, Colossians one seventeen says, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. So as Christians, we know that um, there's a Creator who created us 
Um, and through um, the world that he's made and us interacting with it and us making things from the things he created, um, we get to wonder at who he is and see a little bit about uh, more of him. Um, I love this quote from C.S. Lewis from The Four Loves. He said, uh, you know, nature didn't teach me what glory, like about God's glory, like that God was, you know, had glory, but nature gave glory a meaning. Um, and I think that's what we can look at um, our hobbies, not as a substitute of um, teaching us specifically about God, but just um, enriching the truth that we know about Him. Um, and I think we can do that in such in such small ways. And unfortunately, we um, kind of can forget that and, and just look to um, tangible results and mm-hmm. tangible metrics, um, of, because that's what we're used to, right? We're used to the Facebook likes and... Right. Uh, the profit that we're getting and and the efficiency and all that. Um, And I think we just have, as Christians, we can tell the world something richer and just fuller that that won't run dry, you know, Um, because God, we will always be able to learn more about the Lord. That's good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. All right, John, what about you? Tell me about your hobbies. (laughs) I don't know if I have any hobbies. Yeah, of course you do. I don't really think I do. now, you're a much better photographer than I well, am. Well, you know, yeah, okay, so yeah, that. I mean, Well, so it, that's, that would be a hobby. Well, maybe. You know, <laughs> you know in, the, in the old days, before the, the iPhone, I used to, you know, have a dark room and, you know, would be mm-hmm. in, involved in film and whatnot. But now it's so much easier just with my camera, you know, with, with your phone. Right. So it's, it's a hobby, but it's not really. It's just kind of like a, a, an observation. I, I walk around and go, look at that. That's, that's beautiful or that's unusual. I like that image or I like that texture. I'm going to shoot that. Right. Okay, so that's one of the dangers with technology, right, is the things – I was thinking about this as um, Brianna was talking a little bit ago, is that it steals time from what could become a hobby or it changes something that is a hobby into something that isn't as – Productive? In, or in-depth. Yeah. Brianna, you think? Uh, just because – like, so you're saying we don't spend as much time. Like- yeah. It just seems, sometimes I think that my – investment in my hobbies doesn't have the same quality as maybe it would have yeah. if I didn't have a phone. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The technology yeah, that's is... that's true, too. Well, mm-hmm. It's kind of shortchanged yeah, I mean, us. Yeah. <laughs> you can see, yeah, I mean, that's and that's a broad say. I mean, you can say that, too, of just our attention spans in general of, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot easier right. to read an article or read a Twitter feed than it is to sit down with a book and really spend some time with one topic, right, really right. fully getting into it and immersing yourself. And yeah, that's a really great point. Um, and yeah, uh, that the fullness, full immersion into hobbies, um, into one thing, um, it oh. takes patience and it takes, uh, I mean, yeah. I see guys, you know, who like who are woodworkers, you know, guys who have, you know, mm-hmm. shops in their basements. And right. I think that is fabulous. It is and, fabulous. And, and, you know, spending hours and hours and hours crafting something and then presenting it and looking at that piece of beauty. I love or what that. about someone who's a practiced musician who spends time every oh. single day doing every single day? Yeah. Just for the love of it. Right. Right. The glory of it. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I Yeah. And I think that's why our that's why our definition of. Um, when you get it off of off of yourself and off of the metrics and all that stuff, um, and you just do it because because you love it and you're using your gifts that God has given you, um, I think that frees you. Um, and yeah, it gives rest to those people. I mean, my husband's um, grandfather makes beautiful um, beautiful woodworking pieces, um, and in throughout his life, he has used his gifts 
Um, he has used it for ministry sometimes. He has used it um, to give to others. Um, he has used it just to his family. He's used it as teaching opportunities. Um, so I think there's no reason why you can't do many things at once with yes. a hobby. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, he has not, there's no business. There's no, there's no huge profit. Um, the results seem very small. Right. Um, just from faithfully working at something that you love and in the opportunities you have using it. Right. Um, but that, we know that that's not hidden from God. You know, that, that that matters, and it matters to the people around you, even if it seems really small. So, you know, it breaks my heart. Like, you know, like in the summertime when you go to, like, um, crafts fair, right? You know, like uh, maybe at Mellon Park or something like that. And you'll see all these vendors who have paid, you know, a lot of money to set up a booth with a little tent and they're showing their wares and people are walking by and some things draw your attention to that. Other things you kind of go, no, that's not me at all. And then I always kind of feel bad for the people who people are walking by because it, it doesn't appeal to like, you know, the mass culture where they have, in, you know, created something for them that's really beautiful and interesting. And then they've tried to monetize it and and it doesn't really sort of flourish. So in some ways, they consider, I would, you know, I'm just sort of, you know, reading into this, obviously. They consider themselves a failure in some way when they're not a failure at all because they've created something that has value and beauty to them, but just not to everybody else. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, a tightrope here, isn't it? I mean, you want to create, you want to have joy and, and uh, enjoyment in your, in your hobby, but it shouldn't have to be for, you know, for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's 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 definitely there's a line and uh, and yeah, as a cre- as a creator and especially when you do put yourself out there, you have to be available for for it not to be received. Yeah, for, for, sure. for everybody. I think so too. <laughs> yeah, and that but you still enjoy the process, right? You still enjoy the process, but you can't put so much of your worth into it that you're now laying that responsibility on somebody else. What, for them to like it or not? Right, exactly. And then if they don't like it, you're a failure. I can't tell you how many, you know, being involved in music for as long as I have, this is a major problem with people that love music, is that they think, you know what, I I sing, and so I'm going to, I want to sing at your... At your wedding. Or at your club or at your coffee shop or whatever. And you show up for an audition. And someone doesn't like it. And you think, well, that that is like, what? How could you possibly not like my singing? Well, you know what? We all don't like a lot of art. So like your thing might not appeal to me and my thing might not appeal to you. But you can't make it into this like transaction where someone is forced to see it the same way you see it. No, you think people like get get upset. Why would you not like my art? Because I think the opposite would go, oh, uh, you don't like my art. I guess I stink. Oh, no. There really? are way more people. What? I think there are you way- think? Oh, yes. No. Especially in music. There are really? way more people that, that are offended. No, I think, you know, as an actor, oh. people kind of go, oh, I stink. So yeah. I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. No, I, anyway. I think it's the other extreme in music. <laughs> right. I don't hey, think either extreme's good either. <laughs> no, it's not, not healthy. <laughs> thanks, Hey, Brianna, Brianna, thanks for being with us. <laughs> Worship God, start a hobby. Uh, yeah, I like it. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, okay. I'm ready to start a hobby. Are you? What are yeah. you going to do? I don't know, but I'm going to come up with something tonight. I think your hobby should be sleeping I this think, evening. I think that's one thing. I'm going to take some kind of like cold therapy. <laughs>
Looking for a challenging, hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6 grade open house Tuesday, January 21st at 6.30 p.m. I'm Principal April Eisman. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, Snapology, and Spanish. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At JubileeCS.org. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters, and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Shalom. Hi, I'm Abraham Sandler, Congregational Leader of Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation. I've also had the joy of leading worship, especially Messianic Jewish worship, for many years. How would you like to go on a tour of Israel with me? We invite you to spend time with Jesus and his people in his land. You'll have time to hear teaching, worship, and pray at many significant locations throughout Israel, including some not on other tours. Early registration ends soon. To go to our website, rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. When you've got water, fire, or smoke damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day. Demand the yellow man. This election year, you can vote red or you can vote blue, but yellow is always the right choice. Demand the yellow van when you have water damage and call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Upwork has the largest network of independent professionals, like developers, designers, data scientists, you name it. And they're proven, rated, and reviewed. So when you need in-demand talent, on demand. Upwork is how. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at ccaschool.com. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Cloudy tonight with a bit of snow late, low 23. Tomorrow breezy with snow and ice accumulating according to an inch, then changing to rain, high 43. A touch of rain tomorrow night, otherwise overcast and breezy, low 23. Sunday, cloudy with a couple of flurries around, high 24. Cloudy Monday with flurries, high 26. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. from uh, today's PG on Martin Luther King Day which is uh, on Monday there will be a uh, buyback of weapons sponsored by the uh, city of Pittsburgh and uh, local faith leaders this is all because of a double a double homicide shooting in Homewood that left two dead in November outside the Episcopal Church of the Holy Cross in Homewood 
Um, so state officials, city officials encourage community members to help promote peace by surrendering their weapons. And Pittsburgh Police Chief Scott Schubert, who spoke today uh, at the church to promote the buyback, which starts Monday from 10 o'clock until 3 o'clock, he said no questions asked uh, or will be asked. You show up at the church, you uh, submit the weapon, uh, they're going to give uh, $100, depending upon the condition of the gun. The weapons will be processed, eventually destroyed. Monday's event strives to honor the late civil rights leader, who had often been hailed as the apostle of nonviolence. Uh, this is an important, important event that we're having in the community, said Sylvia Wilson, who is president of the Pittsburgh Public School District. If we could save any lives whatsoever, this is critical. We actually had children who didn't want to go to school because they were afraid to walk in their own community, she says. This should be nothing that anyone should ever have to experience. So that's fabulous. Uh, starting uh, 10 o'clock on Monday at, uh, at the church, uh, Episcopal Church of the Holy Cross in Homewood. I hope that there would uh, there'll be thousands of guns that would show up. Well, you give me a look. No one who is in actual danger with a firearm is going to take part in that. Nobody. The only people who are going to participate are those who are not a danger to anybody. You think maybe? Yes. Uh, no one who's an actual predator with a firearm is, gonna is going to surrender their firearm. Right. I mean, I appreciate these types of programs. Yeah. But it's it, we're taking this is when we're talking about additional gun legislation. Who is going to abide by new gun legislation? The people who are already not a problem. Right. It's the people who are a problem who are outside the law who are the ones who are terrorizing the country with weapons. No one who belongs to the NRA, no target shooter, nobody who's like a, you know, a hobby hunter is going to turn the is, gun. Is doing this? Right. It, no, is a danger. There's no, it, it, we have a deeper problem than too many guns. Our problem is in the heart. It's not about the weapon. Well, maybe. Yes, I think we have too many weapons. Yeah. But the problem is we have too many people who are on the fringes of society. So that's ho- our problem. So collecting guns isn't going to make any difference. Well, the hope is, you know, like say, you know, your husband had a gun and he passed away, and so the guns in the house, and you think, well, someone's going to take that's. So, a great idea. I'll get rid of that guy. Yes, that's right. a very good that point. Kind of okay, so know. okay, so if that's the case, then I think it's good. Let's not have guns laying around. Right. So if that would stop an accident, yeah. then I think that would be great. Or someone stealing but, a gun. But right? we're talking about the double shooting in Homewood. Yeah, that's well, not going to stop the double shooting in Homewood. No, it's not. Uh, I don't know. God I, help us. This, you know, this is my problem. Perhaps this is all of our problems. Is that. Our solutions that we've come up with don't address the actual problem. Right. And so what we're doing is putting a Band-Aid on something that is like a volcano that's ready to erupt. Well, Band-Aid's not going to help a volcano. Pittsburgh, this is, Pittsburgh police will provide security for the buyback. <laughs> Wait, with what? To help ensure the surrendered weapons are clean mm-hmm. and clear and safe coming in. So as they're bringing guns in, they're also mm-hmm. going to have gun security to make sure that the guns are safe. Well. The people who are providing security are people who are already trained with a weapon right. and are most likely, statistically, not going to be a problem with their weapon. Mass shootings, the shootings we're talking about in Homewood, those are people who are using illegal weapons. That's what we need to crack down on. Yep. Illegal weapons, not people it. who are going to voluntarily hand their gun in yep. as a well-meaning person because they already were, I'm already not afraid of them. <laughs> Because they're handing their gun in. I get it. <laughs> what? Your point's well taken, Kat. I, I get it. 
Okay, let me let's move forward to another story. We got a comment on this as well. Uh, See, I'm I'm weak because of the cold. No, no, I've been you're, very you're ill fine. for a couple days. St. Andrew's Church are going to be flying. St. Andrew's Church in New Kensington has sat empty for seven years. No. Last night, thirty parishioners filled the pews one last time. Together, they prayed. They received communion. Listened as Episcopal Bishop Dorsey W. M. McConnell deconsecrated the seventy-one-year-old church building, which is in the process of being sold. Uh, it was last used by a congregation of the Anglican Church in North America, which moved out of the building in 2013. The original St. Andrew's congregation was among the 42 parishes that left the Pittsburgh Episcopal Diocese in 2008 to join the Anglicans. Right. I remember the pastor of that church being on our program to talk about that. Right. That makes me so sad. So it can become a bar. Probably. A or brewery. someone's house. or Concert I, venue. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you see the photo. I mean... Well, that looks like a lot of churches. You yeah. know, it's mostly gray-haired people um, who are in, in attendance. And this, look, I mean, look, what, United Methodists, who are, are now, oddly enough, no longer united, how many churches the are going to... united right, Methodists. Those churches will probably, you know, some of those churches' percentage will also fall into... Right. Right? The hands of whomever. Right. I mean, look, the bottom line is the church is not... I mean, the church is the people. The yeah. church is in a building. I right. get that. But don't you still mourn over that when Heck you yeah. see a church like that closing? Yeah. It takes a lot to keep a church operational, does it not? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Right? I mean, there's always takes, something broken, especially something Especially in old leaking. buildings. They're very expensive. Yes, they are. And things happen, and you you know the people who are paying their meager donations aren't able to keep up with it. It's, just, it's right. a really overwhelming it problem. It is all right. Let me tell you, though, you know, I was in Europe over the summer, and, and I've just thought so much about how those buildings are venerated. You know, for all the conversation we hear in America about how the church in Europe is dying and nobody cares about churches, the churches that I saw in Germany and the Netherlands are always open. What? They're always open. But wait, didn't you say a lot of these churches were sort of like community centers? No, they're churches. I mean, really? they could, they also act like community centers. I mean, a lot of people do different things in them. But they're, I showed up at a church in this little tiny town in Germany. It was 10 o'clock at night. I walked right in. Whoa. You know how hard it is to find a church in Pittsburgh no. that has its door open? It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. When we were younger, that was pretty common. Mm-hmm. Right? You'd go to the church in all hours. But I bet I was in 30 churches. What? Really? In two weeks, maybe in. I was maybe maybe I was in more than thirty churches. I, love that. I kind of lost I kind of lost track, but every one of those churches mm. is open. And you know what else I thought was lovely? Hmm. Every single church I was in had fresh flowers on the altar. Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, I love that so much because you know, church is a sanctuary as a place where oh, you no. just go and sit, right? And a lot of these churches are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old. Yeah, I'm sure. And it's different because they get tax money. In, to upkeep the churches. Yeah. Yeah. In Germany, if you, whatever your denomination is, if you were Lutheran in Germany, then your, you, there, a certain portion of your tax money goes to support your Lutheran church. That's amazing that that still to this day exists. Yeah. I, I, I can you imagine Yeah, so I happening? know there are a lot of problems with that. I'm not advocating for that. All I'm saying is just as an observer, it made me grieve for our churches mm-hmm. that A, are closing because people aren't in them, and B, physically are not open so they can attract more people who might want to go there someday. Right, right. That is a shame. Okay, we'll take a break. Uh, our next guest asked this question. Why are there so many Gen Z atheists? Kath, you going to chime in on that? Oh, you're on a roll. Sickness overcomes you. 
Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds, with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New New music. New music from Micah Tyler. Amen. I Will Fear No More by The Afters. I will trust you. I will fear no more. And Smile by Sidewalk Prophets. You've got the best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join Mike Badalini for the Retirement and Income Radio Show Saturday mornings at 6 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. here on WORD. You can also call Mike Badalini now for your complimentary customized retirement and income kit and 115-page retirement and income book at 844-449-SAFE. That's 844-449-7233. Baby, it's cold outside baby it's cold outside brr isn't it chilly hi it's me marcia from the spring house snuggling up to a nice warm bowl of homemade soup winter on our farm means my brother sam and his guys are trying to stay warm as they feed all the groups of cows calves and heifers out in the elements milk the hundred cow herd twice a day and handle all that comes with a working dairy farm no matter what the weather is winter at the spring house store means a little slower pace so it's a great time for our cooks to try out new main dishes, new sides, and new soup recipes like the one I'm enjoying, vegetarian chili. The bakers are even getting in on the act and trying new desserts too, like chocolate cherry cordial. Stop by for lunch or supper and see what new creations they've come up with today. Good old-fashioned cooking featuring all-natural farm-fresh ingredients and lots of TLC. The Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Autocorrect on my iPhone will change the word previous and precious because it's only one letter different. This Valentine's Day, Word FM presents Date Night with comedian Marty Simpson. So on my 19th wedding anniversary, I accidentally tweeted, I've loved spending the last 19 years with my previous wife. A night to laugh as a couple. February 14th at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. General admission just $30. VIP dinner tickets also available. Hashtag sleeping on the couch. At wordfm.com slash date night. Dr. Michael Brown is back with us. Dr. Brown holds a Ph.D. in Near Eastern Languages and Literature from New York University. He's served as professor at a number of seminaries. He's the author of more than 25 books, hosts a nationally syndicated daily talk radio show called The Line of Fire. He wrote a really interesting piece called Why Are There So Many Gen Z Atheists? Dr. Brown, welcome back to the show. Hey, great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Okay, so Generation Z, who are they? Those are the ones born between 1999 and 2015. That's the, the standard classification. All my grandkids fit in there, for the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's Generation Z, as it's called. And according to Barna's survey from 2018, but getting a lot of ongoing attention, 
their rate of atheism is much higher, lack of church church participation, church identity, religious identity, much lower than any generation that's been tracked for like 100 years. Really? Okay, so then what's the problem? Is it us? Are we as boomers, you know, poor stewards of our Christian faith? Have we, are we the ones to blame for knocking Generation Z off the uh, faith rails? I, I think on a certain level, parents have to take responsibility. The previous generations have paid away. So every person is responsible for themselves. But, yeah, one of the first issues I have is, is that many of them have been raised in superficial Christian homes. I was raised in a nominal Jewish home myself before coming to faith in Jesus at the age of 16. So to me, Judaism was a wishy-washy religion. Judaism was, was hypocritical. That's what I grew up with. It was very easy for me to realize there had to be more. If you grow up in a home where the gospel is really not transformative, where you go to kind of a what's-in-it-for-me church, that Christianity is just makes my life better and happier and, and it's superficial. Uh, when you're confronted with the temptations of sin, the pull of the world, and all that, the church is not going to hold, hold you then. So our, our gospel in so many homes has been superficial. Uh, we haven't been deep enough in the Word and really brought our children into deep knowledge of the Word. We've downplayed the importance of doctrine and teaching and things like that. We, we preach the prosperity message that bypasses the cross. Well, that's not going to transform the lives of the next generation. And then, to the extent they see hypocrisy among us, or, you know, we're all excited about one issue, but we don't leave out other issues, that's going to tend to drive them away more than bring them in. Mm-hmm. So it's not that anything foundational has changed in the faith. It's not like our understanding of Jesus or the resurrection it's, has changed. It's not like there's, like, new evidence that's been presented that all of a sudden gener- Generation Z is reading and saying, oh, no, I don't believe anymore. It's more a behavioral thing. It, it, it's a it's an approach we've taken. Yeah, the Bible's not any less true. The, the gospel's not any less powerful. Jesus is not any less risen. God is not any less good. But there is something important. 2007 was called the Year of the Atheist, and that's when you had the best-selling books of the Richard Dawkins, the Christopher Hitchens, these guys, just sweeping America and other nations as well. And what's happened is that a lot of the atheist objections, a lot of the attacks on our faith, and we're, we're primitive and believe in a Bronze Age God, that and the rise of LGBT activism that paints us as hateful and bigoted, this has just trickled down through the media, through social media, so that Josh McDowell said that the objections he used to deal with on college campuses, he's now having to deal with the kids that are 12 and 13 years old. So I feel in that regard that when it comes to truth, no, of course the truth hasn't changed. It's not like, oh, the new discovery, the Bible's not true. No, that's not going to happen. But instead, the objections of the atheists, the attack of the secular society, the painting of us as primitive and backwards, bigoted, the universities putting out that message— I don't think we've done an adequate job to equip the next generation with solid answers, to prepare them for the onslaught against their faith, to realize the degree to which even even middle school kids are getting bombarded with these types of rejections. So we need to bring things down to basic levels so that we can understand what's going on, and then in, in ways that we even soundbite, speak truth, educate people, and help them to see the beauty and the power and the truth of the gospel. Because... Truth be known, the gospel is radically changing lives to this minute. Yeah. All around the world, God is moving. There are great places in America where the Spirit of God is changing lives. There's no lack there. We just need to reconnect people to the truth 
and to a real encounter with God. So I wonder, Dr. Brown, if the church is strong enough or focused enough to be able to uh, inform this uh, against the fire hose of information that's coming from social media. I mean, you know, when you look at teenagers today, they're on their phones, you know, 24-7, and then if they're fortunate enough, if some believers' kids go to church for an hour or two on a Sunday morning, that's not enough to sort of counterbalance all the sort of anti-Christian rhetoric that's out there in the world. You know, look, we have the ability. You know, we're, we're just as Internet savvy and social media savvy we just have to concentrate on it more. We, we have to recognize the degree that our kids are getting bombarded, the degree that they're getting hostile information in, in areas that for us used to be neutral. And, and we just have to, to give ourselves more to it. I think if we'll just do it in a more conscious way, if we'll, as parents or in, in our case, grandparents, if we're just aware of what the younger generation is getting exposed to, and then we make more conscious efforts to counteract it with truth, to have the necessary conversations, to give them safe places where they can raise their questions, then we can have a much healthier environment. And then if we can bring them into their own encounter with God, there's an old saying, the person with an experience is never at the mercy of a person with an argument. If they can really experience God and know him for themselves, that's the antidote to all the problems. Dr. Michael Brown is with us, host of the Line of Fire radio broadcast and author of the book Jezebel's War with America. Michael, I was just talking a couple uh, minutes ago in a previous segment about being in Germany over the summer. And when I was there, I was doing some reading about what the church and the government looked like in the in the uh, between war years, between World War One and Two. And the one thing I thought was really stark is when Nazism started rising in Germany, it gave like 12-year-olds, 14-year-olds, 16-year-olds, a purpose. They were excited because, of course, economically things were very difficult in Germany. Socially things were difficult in Germany at that time. But the church was offering nothing to them, Michael. So so I don't want to say Christian kids like they were following Jesus, but kids that had grown up in the church saw absolutely no inspiration in the church. But they saw Nazism, and they were like, oh, no, that gives me a purpose. I'm willing to give my life for that. Yeah, and, and you hit on a very important point, and I mentioned it in my article as well, that, that we think the way to bring the younger generation in is to lower the bar of commitment and to lower the bar of what it means to follow Jesus. And so we cheapen our message. What we need to do is deepen our message. I remember a, a young person telling me in the year 2000, give me a cause and I'll die for it. Mm-hmm. Young people want a cause. I mean, that's why the social justice warriors and, and the Black Lives Matter and these different things, they'll come flocking because they want a cause. They want to stand up for something. And this is a generation of the most extreme sports and extreme everything. We think, oh, we water it down and make like really fun to follow Jesus. No, leave everything, mm-hmm. follow him and give your life for something that counts. If we will call young people to radical service and what it really means and the potential of what you could do if your life is yielded wholly to God, that'll appear to right where they are, except we can put them on a path that'll be marvelously and wonderfully fruitful. Send them over for short-term missions. Let them, let them get immersed in other cultures and see the needs around the world and say, we have the answer with the gospel. It's a, it's a very important point you hit on and one we need to emphasize. Not this feel-good, just kind of soak-it-in message. Now, drugs and sex appeal a lot more than that. Leave everything. Follow Jesus. Find new life in Him. Go change this messed-up world. That's a message for young people. That's great. So as bad as things are, and of course, as you say, things are bad, the harvest is ripe. 
the harvest is ripe, and there's a lot more Christianity in America than we realized. I've had friends from other countries visiting me recently, and they talk about it. The church in America is far more active, has far more of a social conscience than in so many other nations. If we will just wake up and live out our faith, this young generation can be shaken, and America can see amazing days ahead. Michael, we spent an hour, John and I, on the phone with these two young women. We're going to air this segment at a future time on the show, who spent eight months in a prison in Iran because they loved Jesus so much and cared so little about what dangers were awaiting them that they were out on street corners handing out Bibles. They were speaking about the truth of God, knowing that their Mm. lives were in jeopardy every single moment. And you know what? They went to prison for eight months. They survived. They were tortured. They were asked. They were demanded that they renounce their faith. They never did. We're talking to these women. At the end, John said, you know, I'm humbled to even have a conversation with the two of you because of what you've shown us. I mean, that's the kind of purpose that that the gospel offers to anybody in ever, any culture, any time, any part in history. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been to India 27 times in the last 27 years. My last trip there in December, the lead leader of the ministry there was talking about how two more of his men were martyred, uh, killed by, by militant Hindus in the villages where they were planting churches. And this is normal for them. They, they go out and plant more churches. They understand following Jesus could be costly, but there's nothing like knowing him and nothing like making him known. And that's, that's just normal life. It's, it's normal life for believers around the world. We need to reintroduce the costliness of the gospel, the sacredness of what it means to follow Jesus. And and as we're focusing on Generation Z, I believe that message appeals to them. And that rather than looking at them as you're just superficial, you don't want to work a job, and you just want to sit around and tweet all day, no, no, we're, we're doing them a disservice when we think like that. There's a hole, there's a void. Our American gospel has not filled it, but the real gospel will. That's fabulous. Dr. Brown, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your clarity, for your wisdom, for your single-mindedness about Christ in this world. Always great to speak with you. Folks, visit us at AskDrBrown.org. Thanks so much. Dr. Michael Brown, his nationally syndicated radio show, The Line of Fire. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, Mm -hmm, phones, mm -hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. (laughs) Your weight is up. (laughs) You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds, Mm -hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. Join Cornerstone Television Network for our Be the Bridge broadcast all week starting January 20th at 8 p.m. Learn how God has called our city to be a light in this world. Hear stories of lives changed and discover ways you can get involved to share the gospel of Jesus. Be the bridge for Pittsburgh and beyond. January 20 through 24, 8 p.m. on Cornerstone TV. That's Pittsburgh Channel 40. 
or Channel 5 on Verizon and Comcast. You are rich. As part of the 2020 Week of Prayer for Christian Unity, St. Vincent College will host a performance by award-winning contemporary Christian artist Mark Schultz. Can you Mark Schultz, 7.30 p.m., Tuesday, January 21st, in the St. Vincent Arch Abbey Basilica. Tickets are on sale now for this night of meaningful music moments and stories. Purchase your tickets now at stvincentarts.org or by calling 724-805-2177. Impactful, amazing, intense, thought-provoking. That's how just a few students describe their experience since enrolling in the Tony Evans Training Center. The best part is the Training Center is wherever you and your online connection are. Going beyond a Sunday sermon, these compelling Bible study courses take a much deeper look at Scripture, the Bible's writers, social issues of today, and so much more. Log on today to learn more at TonyEvansTraining.org. God told Isaiah to walk the earth naked for three years, and here's how much faith Isaiah had. He did it! This Valentine's Day, Word FM presents Date Night with comedian Marty Simpson. Which I think explains the credibility issue Isaiah had with the Old Testament Jews. At Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Little kids would come in the house and be like, Mama, Mama, the Messiah's coming, the Messiah's coming. Who told you that? Isaiah told me that. Naked Isaiah tell you that? General admission, just $30 at wordfm.com slash date night. Go to your room. Sick Bay edition of the ride home with Joe and Kathy. Seriously, in the middle of this, I think like Kathy's like an IV. I'm, Seriously, I just, I, you're in bad shape. I, I'm like going down, and I, this is better than I was 24 hours oh, yeah, ago. I know. Yeah, 24 hours ago, I don't even know what was happening. You know what I did for a whole hour? <laughs> when today or yesterday? Yesterday, ate chicken soup. Watched the screensaver <laughs> on my television. <laughs> Because you couldn't do anything else. That's when you know. I was like, my eyes were leaking. And I was like sort of laying like in weeping. bed. Yeah, they were weeping. Like, uh, uh You know, all they did was lay there with one eye open just because it signified that I was not dead. I, I'm still here. I'm still like, uh, coming out of me. All right. So speaking of uh, living... Uh, celebrity birthdays for today. I'd like to, I'd like to share three with you. A segue for you from yeah. weeping eye to living. I would three birthdays. Three birthdays today. Okay. We have uh, we have three celebs sharing mm. this day. They would be Michelle Obama, oh. Betty White, mm. and Steve Harvey. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's good company. Um, so uh, you can choose first whose age you would like to guess. Uh, I'll guess uh, Betty White. All right. I love Betty White. So do I. I mean, she's been around forever and ever and ever. Of course. Fabulous. Uh, you ask me how old she is? Mm-hmm. Uh, she is close to 100, but not yet there. I would say Betty White is 98. 98? Mike, how does he do that? How's she doing? She's, not, she's exactly 98. Today she's 98. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Johnny. Yeah, that's unreal. Fabulous. Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama. Uh, let me see. Uh, I would say. 50, uh, 55. 56. Hey. Okay, good. Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey, he could be, Steve Harvey could be like, you know, 50 or 70. Yes. Uh, I would say Steve Harvey's 62. 63. Wow. Hey. All right. So now this is not a commentary. Just off the top of your favorite of the three. You're, um, you're going out for lunch, or are you going out for lunch with I want to talk to Betty White, because okay. she's been around forever, and I, she's got stories to tell. Okay, but I want to go out for lunch with Steve Harvey. How really? would you not pick Steve Harvey? Well, about Michelle Obama. she got Steve stories to tell. Steve Harvey is one of the funniest people alive. 
101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh, and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Trump is adding experience in constitutional law and the politics of impeachment to his legal defense team, bringing in retired law professor Alan Dershowitz and Ken Starr, the independent counsel who investigated President Bill Clinton. A gun rights group has filed an emergency appeal of a judge's ruling upholding a ban of firearms at a rally expected to draw thousands of gun activists to Virginia next week. Construction of new homes surged in December to the highest level in 13 years. The Commerce Department says builders started construction on 1.61 million homes at a seasonally adjusted annual rate. That's up 16.9% from the November pace of home building. On Wall Street, stocks adding to their latest record highs reached a day earlier. The Dow gained 50 points today. The Nasdaq was up 31. This is SRN News. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-777-1225. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-777-1225. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-777-1225. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-777-1225. 800-777-1225. Everyone gets hungry before the party. Why not give them something worth talking about without lifting a finger? Food. The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion. Right now, get their special appetizer package added to your next menu. An inviting selection of hors d'oeuvres starting at $6.95 per person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company. Just good food. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit extremetruck.net. 412-257-1006, extremetruck.net. Join Cornerstone Television Network for our Be the Bridge broadcast. All week starting January 20th at 8 p.m. Learn how God has called our city to be a light in this world. Hear stories of lives changed and discover ways you can get involved to share the gospel of Jesus. Be the bridge for Pittsburgh and beyond. January 20 through 24, 8 p.m. on Cornerstone TV. That's Pittsburgh Channel 40 or Channel 5 on Verizon and Comcast. 
How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade with over 50 professionally certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Cloudy tonight with a bit of snow, late low 23. Tomorrow breezy with snow and ice accumulating according to an inch, then changing to rain, high 43. A touch of rain tomorrow night, otherwise overcast and breezy, low 23. Sunday, cloudy with a couple of flurries around, high 24. Cloudy Monday with flurries, high 26. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the Friday edition of The Ride Home. It's the, sort of the sick bay edition. Now, I was really sick two days ago. You're super sick. Yesterday as well. I'm, I'm sort of on the road back. You, Kath, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know what road I'm on. Shape. You know, but it's not a good road. No, you're on the I feel terrible. My essential road. oils are... So far, working. <laughs> Your essential oil. Not that you've given me any, Mike. You're yeah. just so selfish with them. Yeah. You take that Crisco and just leave it alone, okay? Mm-hmm. Your essential oils. Yeah, you're in bad shape. You need an IV in here. I do. It's something bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. But as I kind of degenerate into my sickness, yes. right? Mm-hmm. I always, I'm not able to watch things on TV because I just don't have the attention mm-hmm. to do it. So I listen to a lot of radio. Yeah. So I have been immersed in the MLB cheating scandal. Oh, my gosh. Now, if you have not been immersed as I am, let me just tell you that if you thought that January meant that nobody was talking baseball, you're completely wrong this Mm -hmm. year. Yeah. So if you are a lover of the game, which has become increasingly difficult as the years have worn on, especially in western Pennsylvania, considering the abyss the Pittsburgh Pirates are, this is just another reason to hate on Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, the Houston Astros, who for years were bottom dwellers in the National League, a few years back moved to the American League. And since that time, they have become world beaters. They become, uh, other, they become other than themselves. Well, all this seems to be because at their home park, a camera was installed in center field that had a feed to the hallway where the dugout was. And then a coach would watch, someone would watch the video screen in the dugout and then say out, yell out to someone in the other side of the dugout, here comes a fastball, because they're, what they're, the video camera is focused on the, ca- the catcher and his signals back to the pitcher. And then some guy, one of the players, with a baseball bat, was pounding on a trash can. Uh, no, if, if you think you heard that incorrectly, let me just say again. Pounding on a trash can. Which would give the player at bat a signal that a fastball, curveball, slider, or whatnot was coming down the pike so that the said batter would be ready for that pitch. 
And if the batter knows what ball is, what kind of pitch is coming to him, I mean, that's the essence of baseball. It makes things a lot easier. There's no doubt about that. I mean, not to say that it's be all in the end all. All you got to do is look at the Houston Astros, their home batting average versus their away batting average. Which I didn't even know about until last night. It's like day and night. It is like day and night. So, this has started to move through Major League Baseball. Several, um, what, a general manager? So, the general manager and the manager from the Houston Astros... Were were suspended by the by the major league by Major League Baseball. Uh, Rob uh, Manfred's report. Right. But the owner of the Astros said, "You know what? I'm so disgusted with both of you. You're fired." Right. So they're out. So Major League Baseball did this report, and they talked to some 80 different people in and around Major League Baseball. All the players apparently have been given immunity, so they would speak honestly. So they have interviewed dozens of witnesses. They have tens of thousands of documents. And this led to this nine-page report I referenced by the commissioner, Rob Manfred. Right. Now, yesterday, we're you know at home, and I'm reading Twitter and whatnot. When you see the Astros, there's a guy, Altuve. Mm-hmm. Jose. Jose Altuve. Terrific player. Oh, man. You, as a, as a, a guy rocket. loves baseball, you can't – I mean, he's, he's like a little mighty mite. I think he's like 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, he he just crushed the championship series. They show this video clip of him hitting a game-winning, series-clinching home run versus the New York Yankees that propelled the Astros into the World Series. And as he's rounding third base... Which I base, watched live. It was so amazing. Right, me too. As he rounds third base, he is saying in Spanish, essentially... Leave my jersey intact, or don't rip off my jersey. That's what he's thinking as he's rounding right. to home plate, where, where his whole team's waiting for him, the whole plate. Yeah. Right. The, whole, the, the stadium's erupting, and he's clutching the, the two sides of his jersey super tight to his chest. And then he touches home plate, and he runs into the dugout and goes into the clubhouse. He disappears. People are like, what was that all about? He comes back a few minutes later, minus the jersey, and he's wearing a championship T-shirt, which all the players had on, over their jerseys. Now, that's odd behavior. Right. Now, at the time, people were like, I mean, he was even asked about it on national television right after he came back on the field. And he was like, well, I'm shy. The last time I did that. My wife made fun of me. Right. Now people are saying that Altuve and other members of the Astros were wearing buzzers inside of their jerseys, and someone was buzzing a signal to them to let them know what pitch was coming as well. I mean, there are so many... And this, so it like takes a trash can and just makes it digital. Right. So now this is just one of the tips of the iceberg, which again are unfolding. Okay, so the new manager of the Mets had to step down. Right, because he was part of the team. Right, because he was one of the players who played for the Astros at that point. And now they're saying, you know, like Tony La Russa was outed today by a a guy who he used to play for, Tony La Russa from the Oakland Athletics and Chicago White Sox. The years ago, Tony La Russa, he was also videotaping um, the players on the field and pitch. And so, look, cheating in baseball goes back as far as the game. The problem is now... High tech has mm-hmm. taken it to a whole other level, right? And and this scandal is something different than the average fly by night. A couple of people are trying to cheat. To me, it's the same thing as the steroid scandal. It's just it, it's a different drug, right. so to speak. Yeah, it is. But it's you're a, but you're using something unfairly to give you the edge over someone that doesn't know. Right. I mean, it's a train wreck, and and so to me, it's every bit as bad. For us, I'll say for me, as a long-suffering Pirate fan, 
you just throw up your hands and you think everything is rigged. Is anyone good and true and I honest? I mean, and, and you know what I thought? Hmm. Like we're having enough trouble in Pittsburgh. Not only are these other teams flush with cash, now they're cheating. Yeah. So now we're completely zero we have hope. No chance at all. None. None whatsoever. I mean, it's just I. I hope. I hope that. It just is crushing. I hope that I hope that I hate to say this, but those who cheated, I hope their careers are just ruined. I do because I think the sports in the balance. I think the future of the sport is in the balance. I agree. I'd say so. That, you know, because if, if people don't trust it, no one's going to watch. Why it. would you and bother listen, to go? How many people are watching it anyway? No, baseball's been on a decline. I mean, the games are like four and a half hours long. Right, you hang in there and you think, well, well, you're going to sit down and watch a game, and especially if you love your kids, what? Now you can tell your kids, well, you know, right. they're cheating. Mm-hmm. Everything's rigged. Mm-hmm. It's just a mess. I don't know. I'm in despair. Personally, I've been going to opening day, you know, since I was a kid. Uh, I'm just going to skip it this year. I think I'm just going to. Yeah, but I've Mike, he it. says he's going to skip it, but then he never skips well, it. I've had it. No. I've had it. I've had it. No, he no, said no. that last year. He said he was so disgusted with pirate management, he wasn't going. That's but true. then a couple of days ahead, what happened? I got he a went. ticket. He yeah. went. I got tickets and went. I'm such anyway. a sucker. I am. That's all right. I understand. I love the game, too. You're the one who made me love. Yeah. Thanks a lot, John. Sorry. My problem. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey. Your weekend has begun. Oh, yes, it has. See? It's uh, 12 minutes past the 5 you o'clock hour. You guys thought I was going to forget. That's a Friday afternoon. Truly all is right What's that, well that in analog world. clapping we got? Yeah, we got one <laughs> guy Instead of clapping. an audio drop, we have like some person who wandered in. One guy clapping. Thanks, Do Mike. Do my job. It's high tech. We'll take a break. Come back. Uh, what is ahead for us here? Yeah, we got oh. Dan Dupin. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about you and your kid and your kid's faith. Yeah, it's not too late. If you've got an older kid and you wonder if faith matters to them, it can Oh, you know what? Because it is Friday, that means we do one thing. It means we go to the spring house. And uh, Marcia, uh, congratulations are in order this spring house anniversary. Yeah, how exciting is that, John? Oh, that's fabulous. We're so thankful. We're so thankful to have been here coming up on 44 years. Wow. 44 yeah. years. Marcia, I mean, holy heck, uh, you, you weren't even part of this world yet, and the spring house was up and running. <laughs> yes, I was, John. Oh. Older than that, I was twelve. Oh. <laughs> Marcia, I was trying to be sweet. <laughs> well, it worked. Thank you. Okay, so how are you guys going to celebrate your anniversary, Marsh? <laughs> um, well, on Friday, um, we're going to have free desserts with every meal. So we'll have all of our most favorite desserts. You know, bread pudding with vanilla sauce, German chocolate cake, ho ho cake. Uh, cherry cheesecake bar, you know, like all kinds of yummy desserts. And nice. you can pick one free, and that'll be our thank you. And then we'll give out lunchtime bunch cards where you fill it up with a dozen lunches and you get a free lunch after that. And then um, Saturday we'll have free soup with every meal all day long. We'll have a big uh, pancake breakfast in the morning. And then Sunday we'll have our all-you-can-eat ham and turkey dinner for just twelve forty-four a person including everything and we'll have music that day and the whole time we'll have like milk specials where we'll have this little milk thing that we flip over and every so many is a free milk and um we'll have 44 cent specials throughout the store so it'll be fun fabulous well marcia happy anniversary to you make our way down to the spring house look it's always a good place to go to check out uh, the wonderful things to eat and uh, this weekend as well with the 44th anniversary of the spring house get on down there and say happy anniversary to marcia and the family 
101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New New music. One day, new from Cochrane and Company. One day, the color of our skin won't cause a divide. Almost Home by Mercy Me. And Let the Redeemed by Josh Baldwin. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own the first night you sleep on my sheets you'll never want to sleep on anything else the giza dream sheets are available in a variety of colors and like all of mike's products they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty right now you can buy one get one free by calling 800-391-0954 and use promo code word for a limited time you can buy one get one free call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure to use the promo code WORD. Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at antiochianvillage.org. If you're the uh, parent of late teen, 20-something, early 20-something kids, it comes with a lot of uh, baggage. It's sort of an uncharted course in some ways because, you know, there's a million books that are written about how to raise your baby or your toddler or your adolescent. But then once you cross that line, it feels as though parents are sort of left to their own devices or they just are expected expected to give it up and let the child float away. But that doesn't have to be the case. Dan Dupee is with us. Dan's the chairman of the board of the CCO, the Coalition for Christian Outreach. Uh, He wrote a book a few years back, and it's a fabulous book. It's called It's Not Too Late, The Essential Part You Play in Shaping Your Teen's Faith, which was published by Baker Books in 2016. Dan, welcome back to the show. John, it's great to be with you. Kath, great to be with you. Always good to hear from you, Dan. And this is the crux of your book, right? That that we as parents of older kids have more influence on them than we think? Exactly. I mean, the, the popular notion of what uh, is constitutes the waning of influence beginning with the teenage years really doesn't hold up very well relative to the research. So the data, particularly from the National Study on Youth and Religion, which is the most reliable data we have, most extensive study that's ever been done on our soil, uh, suggests that you know kids who make a good transition from late adolescence to early adulthood with a faith that they own for themselves, it's a faith of consequence, those young people uh, have at the top of the list of factors that have influenced them is the influence and example of highly religious parents. And highly religious means nothing more than parents who 
practice the things they espouse to their kids relative to their own faith. I see. So we would count ourselves into that, right? Kath and I, I'm sure you as well, probably a lot of our listeners are intentional in practicing those things that we work with every day, our prayer life, our, our service to the church community, all those different things. And, we, and of course, all these years, we've been trying to do that same thing with our children, imprinting those same traits onto our child's life. But in spite of that, we talked yesterday on our show, Dan, about the fact that a new study came out saying that a parent will make 4,000 gaffes between the birth of a child and the time that they're 18 years old and leave the house. 4,000. I mean, that could be a conservative estimate based on my track record. But we, there's such a huge potential to screw them up. Yeah. Well, and I think the, the uh, 4,000 gaffes, right, that sounds like yep. a low number for me. But, you know, I think there's a difference between having integrity and being different. And, and having integrity is important because, you know, the consistency of, of who we are before God and how we live and who we are in our unguarded moments and how we talk about people who aren't in the room and all those things mm-hmm. that our kids can see played out in front of them. I mean, that's important, but being perfect is, is a, that's not the, the end game. That's not what we're set up to do. In fact, our imperfection is oftentimes the best setup for God's influence. I a lot of times talk about the terrible thing I did when my kids were playing Little League Baseball. Uh, our boys took cold third strikes back-to-back when they were about 10 years old, and I was just a parent watching the game, but I talked to them in between innings, like, dude, you got to swing the bat. Whatever I did, I didn't yell, but whatever I did, it made them both cry. Oh, no. That would be that's at least worth ten gaffes right there. Yeah, yeah, and uh and you know, so I was that I was that terrible little league dad, right? Um, but we had a liturgy for confession and forgiveness, you know, Jack Spence, I'm sorry it took some fun, I made it not fun. Later I could add, you know, I'm sorry I projected my own failings as a young athlete. And, you know, but at the time that's what I had and uh and they could say, Dad, I forgive you. Um, so yes, gas galore, you know, the, the question of integrity is legitimate. The question of perfection, uh, relative to how we move with our kids is something we need to remove from our, the expectations we have for ourselves. In fact, we ought to work for God to work in our imperfections, I think. So Dan, um, Kath and I, uh, our, our kids uh, are similar ages. They're late teens, early 20s, and, um, you know, ready to move on uh, out of the house and into their own lives. But I, I often wonder about the influences other than ourselves, right, other than mom and dad. Who is it that we can rely on who's a positive imprint in our kids' lives, whether it's, um, you know, uh, family, uh, aunts or uncles, someone who they love, our kids love, but they don't feel the same sort of parental pressure that they would get from us, someone from the church community or just the, you know, the greater community at large? I believe that's also an important part of allowing a child to grow and to grow strong. Yeah, it's and it's a great question, John. It's a, again back to the national study on youth and religion. You know, they they had a set of six things that were true about kids that made a good faith transition, and in number five is the the teen has many a 
adults in a congregation to turn to for help and support. Mm. And that's not talking about parents. So they're they're looking out of all the things that could make a difference in the life of a late adolescent into early adulthood. There's only six things that just show up over and over again, and this is one of them. So the people who can have that kind of influence, I think the best way into that uh, understanding that for me has been to look at my own story. So let's think about, you know, who is it that had that role in my life who wasn't my mom or my dad? And thinking of certainly uh, people, you know, in youth ministry or college ministry in my case, but then thinking of other folks, too, that I'd long since forgotten. Um, and that gives, I think that gives some of the best clues as to who might have that role in, in, in the life of our kids. Uh-huh. Um, you know, who potentially could be another adult who could speak into their life. Cause it's probably happening now. Right. Of course. It's just that it's not, it's not front on the radar until you actually start to dig a little bit and have the conversation. Well, you know, who's, who is having that influence on you? Right. Okay. So, but what's, what do you suggest for people who don't have someone who is who has that role in their child's life? And so that they know, we, we would know in that instance, that our kid's being influenced by the Internet or they're being influenced by, you know, a YouTube influencer, to use the same word twice, or, you know, by people online or someone on social media or whatever it is. How do you go about establishing that or at least offering that to your child? Yeah, there, I, I would, how I've, thought about this is um, invite them over for dinner. <laughs> so a couple different possibilities here. One is a family that you really like. You just have thought, well, I'd, I'd always have liked to have spent more time with them. I like their kids. I like their parents. Let's just, let's have them over. Um, something may happen. Something may not happen relative to connection, but at least, you know, you, you're giving the chance for something to take root organically, which is the best way. Um, and if it's, you know, if it's somebody else, again, you're the same sort of thing, I think, applies, which is let's let's throw some meat on the grill and have a dinner party and get this person in our house as a starting point. Um, if this is somebody I really want to sort of have an influence, have some nearness to my my child, because you can't ultimately make it happen. But you can certainly create an environment where people know each other better than they did before. So that would be a very practical, straightforward thing. Because um, ultimately, you want some you want some relationship. So the question of well, how, how does that happen? Right. Well, there's not a lot of shortcuts for relationship. Yes, yeah, you, know, so you just you, have to you, invest the time, put out the invitation, and see what happens. Yep. Dan DePeace, chairman of the board of the CCO, the Coalition for Christian Outreach, a campus ministry working annually with over 32,000 students on over 115 campuses. Dan and his wife, Carol, are the parents of four kids. Now, Dan, because we've known you for a long time, we know that you have parented not just four kids, but two sets of twins. Holy moly. True. True. Yeah, that's a lot. Now, I know that you're even having twins your kids are not the same, but you guys were the same parents. So how do you parent your kids well, knowing that you're, that all of our kids are very different? It's almost like our kids in their differences need different parents, except they're just stuck with the same two. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Yeah. 
You could use different parrots. Unfortunately, you don't have them. Exactly. <laughs> They're not available. Yeah. Yeah, those people went. Uh, yeah, I think the the temperaments of our kids, the you know, what motivates them, uh, are they do they want to be in the midst of other people? Do they want to be alone? Do they have a lot of friends? Do they have a few friends? Are they artists? Are they scientists? You know, all the tremendous the tremendous number of variations uh, with kids. And I think, you know, as far as parenting, parenting kids differently according to who they are, uh, first of all, I'm generally in favor of that, given that there's some things you want to do consistently, you know, the, you, and, and thinking how it would feel to be on the receiving end of that is a good barometer. But I think with our kids, you know, you got to take the, we have to take the time to get to know them a little bit and not make assumptions. Let your kids surprise you. Um, because we think we know who they are, and particularly when they are in late adolescence, emerging adulthood, you're going to get surprises. And, and you know, you kind of need to open things up in a way that when they tell you something about something they're trying, you know, like I'm, I tried out for the musical, and it's like, well, I didn't know you were even interested in that. You know, you you want to pay attention to that, encourage it, and let it emerge. So I think the, the you know, the question of parenting differently for different kids is more than anything else a matter of paying attention. Could I describe uh, the differences between, you know, our boys, for example, um, who have a lot of similarities, but it's been important for Carol and I both to be able to look at them and say, well, this is, you know, this is kind of what Jack likes to do, and this is what he's good at doing, and this is how he is. And Spencer, on the other hand, Jack, Jack is, you know, friends of a thousand. Spencer is going to be friends with three to five uh, is, is just an example of that. So, yeah, you do. You got to you gotta be paying attention is the biggest thing. What When I was um, – when our boys were uh, about 12 years old, I got a sabbatical. Now, not everybody gets a three-month sabbatical. I get that. <laughs> but the objective was to know my kids, know my wife, and know Jesus better. And at the end, I owed two of the people who sort of partnered through my sabbatical, a board member and a pastor, I owed them an answer to all three of those questions. So I had to, I had to be able to capture in about three bullet points what made each of my kids distinctive. It was a great exercise in learning how to to watch them, to listen to them, and then name the stuff that makes one different from the other. And of course, subsequent to that, to to really think about that as as I'm their dad. Yeah. So, Dan, as I'm listening to you and this conversation between the three of us, the the thread here uh, is an intentionality in how we look at our kids, how we parent our kids. Now, I don't know about you, but, I mean, my parents, they were not intentional. I mean, certainly they loved me and they cared for me and raised me, but, you know, it was kind of sink or swim. Um, trying to avoid the idea of being a, a snowplow parent or a helicopter parent, you still want your kids to follow along a traditional route in their pursuit of Jesus, which would include, you know, coming to church and Bible reading and prayer. 
So how do you do that? How do, where is that balance of, I am intentional, I want my child to know Christ, I want them to lead a good and holy life. At the same time, I don't want to be, you know, this guy who's breathing down their necks at every turn and, you know, just suffocating them. Yeah, the Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 7 has both the intentional and the, you know, the sort of in the course of everyday life description of nurturing the faith of our kids. So at one point in the passage, you know, Mo, or uh, yeah, Moses says to the people of Israel, uh, teach it, it being the law, we would say the word, diligently to your children. And then, you know, a couple of verses later, uh, you have speak of it, the law, when you uh, sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise which is more just in the stuff of everyday life. You know, that's that's more about just being near to somebody and living out your faith in front of them. So I think, you know, the question of intentionality, I think there's a couple parts to it. And one is just thinking ahead a little bit about the opportunities you have with your kids that are in front of you over the next days and weeks. Quick example, dinner. Okay, we're eating dinner together. We want to have conversation at the table. So are we going to ask, you know, the question, how was school today? Did you learn anything? Uh, Which gets lame answers typically because they're kind of lame questions. I mean, it's like our kid's going to go, oh, my gosh, I didn't see that question coming. That That was shockingly original, you know. So intentionality there, what intentionality looks like there is just thinking ahead a little bit. Uh, and, of course, you guys should probably sell good questions to people because you're very good interviewers. Thank you. But the, the, yeah, the, the, the thinking, okay, what is, it I, what is it I can ask that's not the same thing that's going to get the same answer, that's going to lead nowhere in a conversation? There's even – you can even go online and find, you know, like boxes of questions on flashcards. Mm-hmm. That's an example of, of intentionality. The, the other – end of that would be an intentionality about experiences. Uh, and experiences can be mission trips. They can be, you know, weekend at Pittsburgh project. They can be, um, uh, they can be summer camps, which we have a great set of camps around here, uh, which had, for a late teen might mean being a counselor. But, you know, what, what are the things that if a person did them, if they kind of, uh, stepped off the ledge into going overseas or doing something like that would have a profound in, impact on that young person's life. That that's another piece of intentionality uh, that I you know when I think about intentionality, that's how I'm thinking about it because the mere intentionality of like going, hey, this is the big moment of truth where, where we're going to have the big conversation about faith. I mean, it's not that you don't want to have that big conversation about faith, but you have to remember your big moment and your kid's big moment may be two completely different moments. Uh, I mean, I had the example of, of doing interviews with parents where one of the parents came back with some information from uh, their youngest child that referred to a, a big moment for that youngest child who was a sophomore in college that he referred to as the talk. And I asked my friend, well, what was in the talk? You know, this sounds really good. And he said, well, I don't know. I don't remember. Hmm. So, you know, you got, 
you, you when you're thinking in, intentionally, uh, you, you just have to acknowledge you can't you can't make stuff happen. Uh, you can't control it. You can't snowplow it. You, you have to try and just think about how to use your influence in other ways that are helpful to the other person. That's really good. That's Dan DePee. The book, It's Not Too Late, The Essential Part You Play in Shaping Your Teen's Faith. Dan, we always appreciate your wisdom and uh, the way you share it with it's us. It's a terrific book. It really is. So thank you so much. We really greatly appreciate your insights here. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for the conversation, and I certainly hope you both get over your colds really soon. <laughs> That's very kind of you. We can only hope. Dan Dupee from the CCO, Coalition for Christian Outreach, easy to find on the web to engage your child as they move forward in life. of studying the finals of the semester are all over and like all campuses across america grove city is quiet for the christmas break i have to be honest that since my daughter's been home after living through finals she's been sleeping about 16 hours out of every day (laughs) say no more mine as well but isn't it great to catch up and to hear about all that happened in this past semester and how vital how engaged how active grove city has been and I see the change in my son. And it's not just the academics. It's not just the classes, the five classes my daughter had, or the five really excellent professors she was able to interface with. But it's all the extra stuff. It's the it's the Bible study. It's the small group thing. It's the athletic team, whatever it is that the kids... It just makes the whole experience richer, better. And it's the kind of thing that by the time vacation's over, my daughter's really looking forward to getting back to. Exactly. So... As the students at Grove City College take a break, we're fortunate, so happy, that as Christ is in the middle throughout all the academics, there's a time to break, a time to relax, and that's what's happening right now. If your child is interested in a quality education with Jesus in the middle, we suggest you look online, Grove City College at gcc.edu. Merry Christmas. When you've got water, fire, or smoke damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day. The man, the yellow man, called Service Master. This election year, you can vote red or you can vote blue, but yellow is always the right choice. Demand the yellow van when you have water damage and call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. The man, the yellow van. Join Cornerstone Television Network for our Be the Bridge broadcast all week starting January 20th at 8 p.m. Learn how God has called our city to be a light in this world. Hear stories of lives changed and discover ways you can get involved to share the gospel of Jesus. Be the bridge for Pittsburgh and beyond. January 20 through 24, 8 p.m. on Cornerstone TV. That's Pittsburgh Channel 40 or Channel 5 on Verizon and Comcast. I love being able to offer my clients such a great avenue for them to expand and grow their businesses. As a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround, you'll have the tools to provide media solutions that surround your client's target audience. We have a great team. You always feel like you have somebody to call and talk to to know which digital tactics are the best to grow their business. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, an equal opportunity employer. Join the Pittsburgh team at salemsurround.com slash careers. It's awesome. 
Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Cloudy tonight with a bit of snow, late low 23. Tomorrow breezy with snow and ice accumulating according to an inch, then changing to rain, high 43. A touch of rain tomorrow night, otherwise overcast and breezy, low 23. Sunday, cloudy with a couple of flurries around, high 24. Cloudy Monday with flurries, high 26. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Hey, your weekend viewing pleasure. Uh, we love to go to the movies. We saw 1917 last week. How was that? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I heard it was so good. I haven't heard one. I have not heard one bad comment no, about really it. Wonderful, really. I mean, from every the storytelling, the cinematography, the acting, it's really worth seeing. Oh, so wonderful! Please invest okay. yourself in that. Uh, I know you were excited about seeing Doctor Doolittle. Oh my God, it looks so wonderful. The images are so wonderful. I love Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. It's not. Uh, apparently, it is uh, one of the worst movies <gasps> reviewed what? in the last twenty some <gasps> years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so save yourself some money. Come on. You know, so Rotten Tomatoes. You follow movies right. on Rotten Tomatoes? Got a thirteen percent. No, thirteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It tells you how bad it is. I mean, really. I read just a quick synopsis of, of a lot of the reviews. Robert Downey Jr. just got crushed. Poor guy. I mean, just everything about it, the the script, the acting, you know, everything. Oh, just really. What? That's the, and I all people, the animals, people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go see the original version instead. Oh, uh, all right, Doctor Doolittle. That's a disappointment. Yeah, it John. is. Right? Yeah, because you love Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, and the movie, the original was wonderful. It's a good movie, right? But not this one. So save yourself some money. Anyway, watch anything good on? You streaming anything good? Well, we're going to talk about it next. It's the weekend review. All right, stick around. The weekend review: What are people are talking about? What we're listening to? What we're eating? What hacked you off? Best news you heard all week? That's all straight ahead. WORD. Why does God allow his people to suffer? Why does he discipline his children? These are honest questions that are often asked through tears. Our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, answers them as we continue our journey through the New Testament book of Hebrews. So join us this week on Through the Bible as we hear about the seven reasons that God allows us to suffer and four responses that we can have to our suffering. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and 
one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. When was the last time that your kids had fun at the dentist's office? Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. It's really important that the kids have a great and fun first few experiences. Moms really appreciate the time that we spend to make sure that their kids are not feeling rushed and that we really have a lot of fun in the office. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Harry Highway in Wexford. You have my word on it. At StockFamilyDentistry.com. For your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease whatever the occasion, like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. Looking for a challenging, hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6 grade open house this Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, snapology, and Spanish. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At jubileecs.org. It's time. Time for. It's time for this thing that we do every single Friday. Yeah. You know why? Because it's important to look back. Things happen so fast. The news cycle just keeps going like that. Mm -hmm. It's important to stop and say, no, wait, where have we been? Right. So, Mike, start us out. It's been another week. That means it's time for John and Kathy's Week in Review. I like it. So this is our opportunity to just do what I said, to just take a breath and reflect. Mm -hmm. Have you reflected already? I have. I've reflected as well. I enjoy it very much. Okay, I think we should begin. Mike. What was everyone talking about this week? Yes, uh, this is a slam dunk. Uh, I believe that everyone was talking about, at least I was, impeachment again. Because Still. next week, it's going to start. Tuesday, impeachment proceedings get underway. Holy smokes, hang on to your hat. It's must-see TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people have also been talking about grown men cheating in baseball. Yeah, they mm-hmm. have been. Yeah, to much to the heartbreak of us. Yeah. All right, so neither neither one are great. Impeachment and grown men cheating in They're baseball. They're both awful. Right? Yeah, they are. They're both horrible. absolutely awful. But that's okay. what people are talking about, for yeah. sure. Okay, let's move on to number two, then. What was a conversation that made you think? All right. Yeah. Listen, there was a conversation on the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home that really caused me, later on that day, to say, really? Mm. I could not believe the stat that more Americans are drinking alcohol now than when prohibition was instituted. Yeah, that's big, isn't it? That's a lot of alcohol. I mean, in my head, I guess I had seen a lot of articles about people taking the health effects of alcohol seriously, and so people were trying to back off, whatever. But man, that is solid data about Americans who are just pounding Mm -hmm. alcohol to the point that it, it just made me sad. Yeah. That's just American life, I believe. 
Okay. I think it's just another simple of uh, or a, sim- Sim- a symptom of our isolation, loneliness. Yeah. So in the same uh, same vein, on the Tuesday edition of the ride home, uh, we were talking to a guy, a pastor, uh, and uh, his his thing was, um, what do um, Bill Maher, mm. uh, Donald Miller, and John Piper have in common? And this was a guy. Boy, what a well-spoken guy. John Joseph was his name. He pastors a church in Maryland. And he talked about, you know, his life as a blackout drunk, as a cocaine addict. And he said, you know, that um, uh, New Year's Eve, he had a blackout. And uh, two days, two nights later, in the midst of all this, he was listening to a John Piper sermon on, three, on John 3.16. And he said, Piper described how the verse contains some of the most important truths in Scripture, depending upon how we respond to it. He said, uh, we'll either spend eternity with God in heaven or apart from him in hell. And he said, when he heard that, the chains fell off. And he dedicated his life to Christ, and he's not been the same person since. And it's so cool that that whole through that whole process, there were people like Bill Maher in there that caused him yeah. to move forward in his spiritual journey. People like Donald Miller. Yeah. I mean, those three people, those three men don't have a lot in common. They sure don't, no. So uh, God works in wonderful ways, does yeah, he not? Yeah, I love that. All right, next. What did you eat? Mm. Yeah. Your wife oh. brought me dinner. She did. Actually, she made the dinner and you brought it to me. <laughs> right. It's the least I can That's do. That's good. I appreciated yeah. that. At least you contributed somehow. Mm. She made stuffed peppers. Mm. I haven't had a stuffed pepper, and I can't think of the last time. I love stuffed peppers. It was so, they were so awesome. Thank you. I, I just loved them. Yeah. I loved them. Thank you. Uh, my wife, or my son, my youngest son had his wisdom teeth taken out on Monday morning. So I came home Monday evening, and my wife had made a chunk of stuffed peppers, beef with barley soup, and vegetable soup. They were all in the oven or on the stove at the same time. And I yelled out to my kids, Guys, when you marry a woman, That's right. make sure you marry a woman That's who knows good. how to cook because we are blessed. That is awesome. I'm into that. I love that. What did you eat? Well, I've been eating that vegetable soup. Oh, which my husband got some of too. <laughs> he pounded. They didn't even let me have any. No, not man. even a little bit of that. I mean, I had that uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I've just been. I like those little broccoli pieces mm-hmm. in there. Just beautiful. That's so yeah. good. So Rhonda June, All big right. you. Thank mm-hmm. you, Rhonda. Next. What did you listen to? So I was watching the Kennedy Center Honors. Yeah. That is a class production every year. Oh, yeah. It is It is every single time I record it and I watch it. Mm-hmm. We all love it. Well, guess who got inducted this year? Earth, Wind, and Fire, friends. Earth, Wind, and Fire. The single greatest band in history, in my opinion. So here's the only problem with the Kennedy Center Honors. Yeah. Is they have other people who do the songs of the person that they're inducting. You know what I mean? Which is terrific, because you get to see different people interpret it different ways. So they had John Legend do an Earth, Wind, and Fire song. They did, um, um, Neo did this song, Mm -hmm. Shining Star. And then the Jonas Brothers. And then, um, oh, who's that woman's name? Um... Oh, she was so terrific. Madonna. No. Oh, get out of here. Madonna. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I knew it set you off. Oh, it, it'll, come, it'll come to me in a minute. Anyway, they all did an Earth, Wind, and Fire song, and they were great. 
but fuck. nobody does an Earth, Wind, and Fire song like Earth, Wind, and Fire. No, of That's not. the problem. That's the Earth, problem. Wind, and Fire. I do think that Neo was the best one. Oh, really? Yeah. But anyway, I just loved them, and it was it was long overdue. How many members of the original band were in the audience? Three. That's so cool. Three. Yeah. That is super cool. Mm-hmm. I and listen, it. I saw them live a year ago. Yeah. They killed it. Really? They were fabulous. These guys got to be in their seventies, aren't they? Fabulous. A couple of them in their seventies. Yeah, I bet. Uh, Philip Bailey's probably sixty-four. Nice. I bet. When the kids were especially little, we used to do dance parties. Yeah. That was always Of course it was, because why wouldn't you want to dance to Earth, Wind, and Fire? (laughs) Make you happy. Yeah. Okay. um, Cynthia Revo. Oh, fabulous. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Crushing it. If if you don't know her, she's she's a Broadway singer. She's so talented. But not only did she do a great job singing, she sang fantasy, I think. But her outfit Mm. was A-plus- Five stars, really? ten out of ten. It was a perfect tribute to like the Earth, Wind, and Fire oh, from the sixties. I got to check was, this out. I have to. I have, I'll find it for you. It's unbelievable. Was that probably on? Was it on PBS? No, it oh. was on. Oh, was you know, it? network TV? Okay, all right. Okay, uh, so we had a guest on uh, Tuesday's show, uh, Richard Beck, who talked about trains, Jesus, and mu- murder, the gospel according to Johnny Cash, which made me think of this one, which I love. Wow! Yeah. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire Oh, isn't that good? That's a good one, John. Nice. When June Carter Cash and Johnny Cash, they do that duo. Uh-huh. I mean, you're rooting for both of them. But, oh, my God. But June Carter, she brings it. Yep. I mean, she tells him, hey, you get your act together there, Johnny. That is yeah, so good. Ring of fire, Johnny it Cash. It is really good. All right, number five, Mike. What hacked you off? All right, listen, this, this story from the Whitefield Academy in Louisville, Kentucky, where this girl whose name I'm not even going to mention, 15 years old. The Washington Post reports that she gets expelled from her Christian school for doing nothing Mm -hmm. other than wearing a rainbow shirt and having a rainbow birthday cake. Those horrible Christians at that school are so bigoted that they see a rainbow and they're so offended that they have to expel a poor young girl who never did anything wrong. Wrong. That is not the story. That's not even close to the story. No. But that's the only story about that we've heard, yep. and that hacked me off. Of course. That's the uh, the fake Get news news media, right? Yeah, the Washington Post ran with this. You saw it all over social Couldn't media today. It. There's a lot more to this story. There's a lot more to that story. Uh, what hacked me off? We talked about this. Major League Baseball oh, and the on. cheating scandal. I mean, I'm just crushed by it, but... That's the world it's we live in. Multi-millionaires acting like a bunch of spoiled nine-year-olds. Yep. And you're Can't embracing a World Series trophy and holding a ring. How do you look at that ring and hold that trophy and think, I earned this? I, how do you? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Last one, Mike. What was the best news you heard this hey, week? I, lo- I got so excited I just ran over to announcer man. Bruce, Spings- Bruce Springsteen's son. Oh. Yesterday, sworn in as a Jersey City firefighter. That is so cool, isn't it? I love that story. And he looks like Springsteen, doesn't he? He does. He does. Yeah, very very nice. Okay, I'm bragging on my kid. Uh, My kid uh, has been in community college the last couple of years because he wants to save money. He's applied to uh, three universities. He just heard back today that he got accepted to, uh, I don't know if it's number one choice, but one of the big ones. So he's feeling great about that. So fabulous, Quinny. Terrific. Congratulations to you. Yeah, very nice. Okay, that's uh, the weekend review all right i'll take a break come back and that's john and kathy's week in review
If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with a long staple cotton and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own the first night you sleep on my sheets you'll never want to sleep on anything else the giza dream sheets are available in a variety of colors and like all of mike's products they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty right now you can buy one get one free by calling 800-391-0954 and use promo code word for a limited time you can buy one get one free call 800 3910954 or go to mypillow.com but make sure to use the promo code word join cornerstone television network for our be the bridge broadcast all week starting january 20th at 8 p.m learn how god has called our city to be a light in this world hear stories of lives changed and discover ways you can get involved to share the gospel of jesus be the bridge for pittsburgh and beyond January 20 through 24, 8 p.m. on Cornerstone TV. That's Pittsburgh Channel 40 or Channel 5 on Verizon and Comcast. Upwork has the largest network of independent professionals like developers, designers, data scientists, you name it. And they're proven, rated, and reviewed. So when you need in-demand talent, on demand. Upwork is how. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. Positive music. This is the music. Oh, yeah. Lots of fun. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay. Uh, Inducted into the Kennedy Center last week. Yes. Notable deaths this week. Uh, Christopher Tolkien died. Mm. Uh, he is the son of J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, Christopher Tolkien died at the age of 95. Uh, it's said that uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, the genesis of a lot of his writings came from hoping to entertain and teach his children. Mm-hmm. And so um, as J.R.R. Tolkien passed away, uh, his son, Christopher Tolkien, took that took seriously, out, took it very, very seriously. Yeah, he was a great caretaker of his dad's stuff. Yep. Uh, for, he was a British professor who has been writing and lecturing on Tolkien for 50 years. 
he said that uh, we would have very little knowledge of how Tolkien created his mythology and his own uh, legend uh, had not Christopher Tolkien stepped in. I mean, just in, isn't that in, wonderful? We wouldn't have. I'll tell you, we wouldn't have those movies. No. I mean, no. he was such a gatekeeper to no. make sure the work that was done and done well, properly, that uh, he was not afraid to sue people who were doing poor jobs right. and to really sort of make sure that, as his father had written, so then would the works appear. Right. Didn't he do his dad proud? He surely did. 50 years. So, Christopher Tolkien. Hey, thanks for being with us. I hope that you have a, a restful, healthy weekend. And God willing, we'll see you Monday. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.